It is January 29th, and we are back with another episode of Just Talking. It's only been about six months, but let's do it. Long-awaited season two. We (laughs) are in New York City. We have an apartment in New York City. We have an office in New York City, and we've been spending a lot of time here. So this episode is going to be all about New York City. Let's dive in. Let's talk about it. Anything and everything. Let's discuss this calmly and rationally. Come on in here. Let's talk about it. Wait, wait, wait. Let's discuss this. All right. There you go. What's up, everybody? Sorry we neglected you for so long on Just Talking. <laughs> it's been forever. I think it's been since August. Uh, Yeah, that sounds about right. No, probably earlier than that. I don't think we did any over the summer. Yeah, I don't know either. It's been a while. Well... Thank you if you're tuning in. If you uh, have never listened to an older episode of this, it's mostly been just Katie and I. There's usually a main topic, some happy headlines, and it's very casual. And it was uh, primarily like our our family and friends listen. Yes. Although we do have a a couple stragglers on social media who like to comment and request it, which thanks for that. Yeah, we appreciate that. It's very kind. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, I'll just give you the setting. We're in the new main studio of the office, yes. which is in the Bronx. And I've been using it as my office for now, but once things are really going, it's going to be just Studio One. And it's hot as fuck in here. There's yes. soundboards everywhere that, that make everything stay in kind of like sauna. They blast the heat in New York yes, City. We ha- it's not even just New York. I mean, New York City, yes, they blast the heat, but our super for this building, mind you, this building is mostly um, residents. And only in a few office buildings on the bottom. And our super told us when we first started moving stuff in, he says that most of the tenants in this building are older people. And they insist on 110 degrees. They insist on it being 110 degrees. Yes. It's, it's, I mean, this office, I think, is the hottest because it's the smallest room. And they really (laughs) blast the heat in here. It is. Because the other one's the bigger one. And these these, um, radiators are pretty big big too so i think it covers a lot like for this small of a room we really don't need a radiator that covers a i'm gonna i'm gonna get most I'm, of a wall I, i've decided i'm gonna turn it off because yeah they're I, sealed shut i open the windows for those of you who can't and have not been in the office and can't see this they are the little box to get into the operating mechanism of the radiator is sealed shut because we're not supposed to be. By sealed shut, they just painted over they it. They painted over and it, which would be easy. Sealed. Yeah, but that to me is like more of a symbol of, hey, we don't want you <laughs> putzing around with this. Yeah. Well, I'm starting to get uncomfortable. So I just said before we started recording that this isn't that uncomfortable for me um, and that Jimmy would be very miserable, but now I'm starting to schwitz a little. Well, I, I, I walk to the office and then I change into a pair of shorts. So that's nice. Jimmy has this whole routine. He brings a second set of clothes. I just have a pair of shorts that I leave here. He comes here in his business casual attire, which is really just Lululemon, like... Dress pants. Dress pants. Or jeans. And his boots or jeans and a hoodie and t-shirt, which isn't really that formal. And then he strips down to his normal, which is basketball shorts and a (laughs) t-shirt. And now he's not even wearing shoes. No, I am. Oh, he is wearing shoes. shoes He wasn't earlier. (laughs) His shoes smell, so I was hesitant to put them on because they made everything smell. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) With the combination of the culmination of the heat, 
the, uh, yeah, the it's gonna get insulation of this room and how small this room is. He took his shoes off the other day and it was ferocious. Yeah, it's it bad. was not it's great. Bad. Well, you, you usually leave the windows open, but the right the garbage is back there, so they're dragging things, and then it's really loud in the background. Let's just give them. I'm gonna, you know, what for a moment, let this be an ASR moment. I'm gonna whisper gently into the microphone and describe. The setting. Katie's a huge ASMR fan. She goes to sleep. She hates it. Well, I don't hate it, but you fall asleep, and then I'm just left laying in bed <laughs> listening to ASMR. It's like, I could set a timer okay. if that would be better now for you. I feel I don't know how this isn't, that's not relaxing for you, because you love having your, you love being pet, you love being touched gently, you love yeah, having I, your hair played with. But so, no, at, at no time when, when you play with my hair are you whispering, Okay. I can start. I can ease I you into you it. I don't want you to. It's not fun. It's not fun. It's fun for me. I, there's something I have a, not to brag, because uh, this is such a brag, humble brag. Um, I have a level of empathy that is also very physical. So when someone's describing something to me that is a physical action, I can feel it. Like I just, it, it just hits home. There. Yeah. Well, it sucks. Like when people talk about broken bones, my Whatever body part it is, it'll start hurt. I think I've mentioned this before on this this podcast, but anyways, we're getting off tra- off track here. Yeah. Well, I think we've done the ASMR talk because I have an ASMR haircut role play in the file for just talking sound effects. Seriously? Yeah, I do. This yeah. is it. Let's hear it. a haircut it sounds like you don't like this okay this guy's breathing is freaking me out sounds like he's <laughs> breathing into his the back of his throat oh <laughs> it's really up in there i also don't like the scissor sound okay i don't know why that that's was in different. this file that's different that yeah, I don't I don't dig that. I also kind of need the visual as well to put myself in there. Oh, you need the person that, now I'm cutting. No, like the visual of them rubbing the person's back or giving them a facial. You close your eyes and you listen to it while you fall asleep. What are you talking about? I know, but initially I'll start watching the video, hear the sounds, kind of ingratiate. Is that a word? Ingratiate? No. Sure. Sounds good. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. New Katie word. Um, and just kind of... Let myself slip into that that role mentally, and then once I have the visual already, I can kind of imagine it from there on. Mm-hmm. And then I close my eyes, and I'm there, getting a facial. Not bad. Nice. Uh, whatever. When you fall asleep, and then it's on, and Just, we have a king-size bed, and it's hard for me to like, crawl over to turn it off. It's- there's so many nights when you have your music on such a ridiculous volume, and I had to crawl over you. I've been, I've been using down. the AirPods now, though. Because, yes, I like the music so loud that I can't think. Jimmy, and then he gets confused. Like, when I ask him to turn the volume down, he thinks that's ir- not reasonable. That's not true. I just turn it down. You're like, this isn't even loud. I've never done that. You never, have to. You no, have to. I just turn it down. Okay, well. <laughs> perspective. Hell of a thing. Yeah. All right. We both like, <laughs> you like Ken Burns, Falling Asleep to Ken Burns documentaries. Yes, he has a very soothing voice. Well, and it's not his voice. He hires professional narrators oh i always thought it's always the same narrator though uh there's a couple times he uses the same narrator but 
Well, let's see. Wow, I really thought. You thought that was Ken Burns? Ken, that was Ken Burns. I was very, very convinced. No, that which, that was which which one did you like? Uh, we were listening to recently. It was it. Um, oh, you the first one that I that we did. You really liked was Lewis and Clark. Yes, Lewis Ken and Burns. Clark was was very soothing. Also because I already knew. I, as I told Jimmy, very impressively, my first um, big report project was on Lewis and Clark, and it was in fifth grade. We had to write a 10-page paper, but it was a partner project, and I partnered up with my now one of my very, very close friends. We've been friends since we were probably eight or nine, mm-hmm. and uh, we had a great time. Don't remember much about Lewis and Clark. I remember some details, mostly about how Mary Le- Weather Lewis died. Was pretty much the only thing I really got from that. How'd he die? He sh- was shot. Killed himself. Yeah. Killed himself. But that's not. That's disputed. Yeah. Some people think he. We did a whole episode of Last in the a, Past on it. Was it was an accident. Okay, I'm trying to find the narrator from this that you liked so much. Oh, sweet Jesus! It's hot in here. It is right. It's very hot. I can't find it. And oh, Hal Holbrook. Oh, dude, you know who this is? The old guy in um. Into the Wild, who carves the leather belt for him and then cries, and it's like the saddest scene ever. Aww. This guy, I'll show you the picture. You'll know who I I'm haven't seen about. Into the Wild in a no. You know him? Yeah, he's or he he played um didn't he play like a mystical character too in in He was in Lincoln, um he was in Sons of Anarchy, he was in looks like he's not doing much anymore. But you really like falling asleep to his voice. What are we talking about? Okay. We're talking, <laughs> talking about falling asleep. We're trying uh, to talk about. putting some people to sleep with this. Talking about New York City. One thing we've learned about New York City. Windows are open in the wintertime. Winter, yes. And they're closed in the summer. And the middle area sucks. Like one day it was only 50 degrees here. Can I just say it's not as surprising that the windows would be closed in the summer. You were really shocked by that. But why would anyone open their windows in the summer? To let hot air in. Well, before air conditioning didn't exist, you would just get that, try and get as much breeze as possible. Did you live during a time when air conditioning didn't exist? New York City, kind of. They don't, there's <laughs> no, there's no central air. No central air. air, yeah. That's, I guess that's some level of it not existing. Yeah. <laughs> Those air conditioner units are, the window units are kind of useless. <laughs> Well, we need to get them here. Okay, you know what? Yeah, I, I want to move on to, to I want to move on to more about moving to New York City <laughs> okay, okay. and the plays we've seen. Yes, but let's, uh, but let's no, dive no, into no, that. but but okay. I'm gonna show everyone how Holbrook's voice first because you liked him so much. <laughs> that is special. Uh, Dixie loved doing that show. Oh no, he sounds much older. <laughs> <laughs> sounds a little too old. <laughs> he sounds like he forgot to put his dentures in that day. Oh, don't be mean. Sorry, I mean to be, no, I mean that in an endearing way. All right, uh, we, we are living in. We live in New York City. Let, let me. Okay, let tell me, them where we live, but not don't them. give them the exact address, <laughs> like you so famously do. I don't do that anymore. Um. So we live. I gotta stop with the um. We live in New York City on the island of Manhattan. We live on, well, above the Upper West Side. We live in Harlem. Ever heard of it? Has a very bad reputation. I guess a lot of New York City has a bad reputation, but actually we live in a very nice, quiet area. 
uh, that. Yeah. It's called Hamilton Heights. Hamilton Heights. It's a neighborhood within a neighborhood. As our broker calls it, it's a lipstick name. Yes. Uh, but it's really just Harlem. Way, We're in yeah. West Harlem. You don't know anything about Manhattan. What you think about New York City is really midtown and downtown Manhattan. Those are the touristy like when, areas. When anyone closes their eyes that lives in Nebraska, shout out our big uh, uh, follower, Bubak. When he closes his eyes and thinks of New York City, he may think of Yankee Stadium first because he's a Yankees fan. Then he thinks of downtown and midtown Manhattan. Yeah. And that's a very small part of New York City. Like, I didn't know that the Upper East Side, the Upper West Side, Harlem, like, I didn't know these areas existed that are much more residential, much more quiet. Our neighborhood is not quiet right now. As fucking gross as downtown and midtown. Yeah, Jimmy. Jimmy always. Um, when we started dating, I always said I wanted to live in a big city, and Jimmy was adamant that that would never happen. Uh, now that we live here, and that I mean, during the process of looking for apartments, we were looking in neighborhoods in Harlem and Washington. Well, Washington Heights is part of Harlem, but they're very quiet, very, very family friendly. Mostly, I think Dominican is our neighborhood, right? Mm, yeah, Dominican, yeah. Mostly Dominican. So a lot of Spanish, which I took three years of Spanish, don't know a word. I mean, I know a few words. I know enough words to know when someone's talking about the white girl in the room. Um, couldn't tell you what they're saying, but... They're talking shit about they're you. They're talking girl. shit. <laughs> no, no, everyone's actually really... We have, like, our building itself, all of our neighbors are so sweet and so nice and welcoming. Our, we have door people, uh our building and they're all very friendly i've never felt like i've walked outside of our apartment and and been out of place per se i feel very welcomed yeah which is is nice our apartment itself and here's another misconception first misconception was that everything is like downtown and midtown manhattan second is that new york city's crazy unaffordable yes i mean it's expensive but well when you compare it to the bay area it's cheap Bay Area is one of the most absurdly priced. Our apartment living. Yeah, when I first moved to the Bay Area, I was twenty. Well, not the second time I moved there in two thousand fourteen. When you moved there as an adult by yourself. Yeah, after college. Yeah. Brad and I lived in an apartment in Walnut Creek. That's probably one of the smaller apartments you can find in Walnut Creek. Walnut Creek's probably forty minutes from San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very much a. It's a nice affluent place it's got a nice cute downtown it's got a lot of shopping but it's also a commuter suburb for san francisco and oakland in the bay area i commuted to san francisco every day we paid almost the same price couple hundred dollars less for that two-bedroom apartment and it's the shittiest apartment in wanna creek we pay a couple hundred more for a really really nice yes our big apartment is two-bedroom apartment in Manhattan. So Manhattan versus uh, an hour outside of San Francisco. The only thing, I I think what determines, like if we were to go any farther south of where the neighborhood we're in, I think that price point jumps up a lot. Like I think we... Yeah, but we're still in Manhattan. Like people say... We're still in... Yeah, we're still still in Manhattan. You you don't have to live in fucking Greenwich Village. We're only 30 minutes from everything. We just don't live... Like our building doesn't have a view. Our view is of a brick wall. 
um, and our into when it our snows, windows. it's very pretty. Brick our, wall. Yeah, when it snows, that brick wall is very aesthetically pleasing. Uh, but we we ad- we don't get a lot of natural sunlight, so like these are things that you have to compromise when you think about the price point that we have for our apartment. But our apartment is really large. It, it's pre-war, so it's pretty, but the plumbing's terrible. Pre-war means before World War One. Yes. I was under the assumption it meant, and that's the thing uh, that they tell you when you're looking at offices. Oh, this is a pre-war building. You're like, what? I don't know what, what that mean? means. Yeah. They're like, well, so it's just big. Because it's an old building. Um, the apartments weren't divide. I mean, so like old apartments, old apartment buildings. Some of them they divide the original apartments into smaller apartments. Ours, do you, is that making sense? They just they just divvy them up. They divvy them up. But like our building, the original apartments weren't divided into tiny little one yeah. bedroom lofts. They're still they still remain some somewhat. The same as they were pre-war. Yeah. But we have high ceilings. We have crown molding. We have, we have. I mean, it's a really cool apartment. The lobby is pretty cool. Uh, yeah, we have, that's funny. Everyone says everywhere. that. Every woman in my life that I took to the lobby said, wow, what a nice lobby. And I was, I was like, I don't it's, know what you're looking at. It's I not appre- that it's nice. It's I, just like there's a lot it. of details in it that you wouldn't find in a modern apartment. Yeah. A lot of those details I'm just oblivious to. Yeah, well, yeah, because you don't have, you don't appreciate, like, it means nothing to you. Maybe if I took a class on how to appreciate stuff, <laughs> I would learn. It's, yeah, you, I mean, you also don't appreciate architecture as a whole. Like, we'll walk. The most I do is if I see a building that I think looks cool, I'll be like, oh, that looks cool. It's usually, and those are usually, like, churches or historic buildings that you find interesting. Because they are grandiose, and they, like, are very obviously interesting. I don't like churches, but old, Not old buildings. Like cathedrals. I mean, the church that we walk by to get to the bus stop, you probably would find interesting if you're paying attention to it. I don't think I have, so. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, we'll know. walk around. I'm I'm a big, not that I have any knowledge of architecture. I mean, I have a very rudimentary knowledge from taking real estate classes, and you have to know certain details to be a salesperson for that industry. But um, I love I love walking around New York City and just looking at the details that you wouldn't find anywhere else. I mean, there's a lot of... There's so much it's stuff. A, it's a big variance from building to building, too. So it's... I mean, you, you see a building from 1920, and then the next you know, building over would be a modern, sleek apartment building or business. You know, it it's very cool to me. I noticed that, too. Oh. The only thing I can... I mean... A lot of big cities are like this. They all share this quality. But I think the only more impressive city I've been to for that sake was Turkey or Istanbul because they had, like, crazy architecture. They had strips of buildings that looked like, you know, New Orleans, like the the French uh, Gothic kind of architecture. And then the next building over is this massive skyscraper you know very modern very sleek it was like you could pick out buildings that looked like they're from every part of the world in istanbul which i thought was really cool i was speaking of like every part of the world being in new york uh and we were talking about falling asleep to documentaries i fell asleep to a documentary about new york city Mm -hmm. last night i only watched first 10 minutes and i was already like oh yeah i'm gonna enjoy this why didn't you why didn't you tell me i would have watched it with you you were asleep oh why, I was really why high. Why don't you wake me up and tell me? 
That's rude, Jimmy. You rude were. you didn't wake me up to tell me you were lit, watching a cool documentary about New York it's City. It's old. It's like it's like still like four by three uh, square. I don't care. But anyway, some interesting things that I found from the first 10 minutes. And this kind of well, is also an indulgent conversation that we usually do later. But anyway, we're talking about New York City. That's the whole show. So. Well, then save it for later. No, the well, whole show well, is about New York City. Anyway, New York City was New York City was one of the only was founded by the Dutch. And they didn't set it up as a religious getaway or to start their own world or to start their own life like every other colony in America was started because people were getting away they from They wanted change. They wanted change and they want to set up their community okay. with their own religious rules and their forms of of life and society and morality and all that. And the Dutch were like, nah, we just want to make money. And, and they were totally cool just creating a second. So they, it was just a trading post. Yeah. So they were like, since the very beginning of New York City, it was about the hustle and bustle, and that hasn't changed until today. People move fast. People are trying to make money, and and then you know they were comparing it to all the great cities, and they're like, yeah, it may not be that old, like you know, it's not as old as Rome or Jerusalem. They named a bunch. Right. They're like, but those cities never even did anything close to what New York City did, right. which is basically a grand experiment. Can we take someone from every part of the world <laughs> and put, put them, them together. in put them together and see if they can ex- coexist? And and then they said like they New York is the mother of invention for like society and stuff like mm-hmm. it's for modern you, society. Mo- for modern so you test shit there. Right. Like, you know, new new politics, new government, right. new whatever, new whatever. And it's cool. And I was only 10 minutes in and I was fascinated. Because some of it's kind of common sense when you think about it, but then you're like, oh, wow, that's really wild. And how much of that is geographical? Like, how much of, of that came from New York City being an island just off the coast, off the East Coast? It's a huge, you know, port. Yeah, the and there's also, I mean, the, like ports. we went to, we went to Ellis Island and... There's like you know a lot of people trying to flee Eastern, uh, uh, yeah, Northern yeah. Northern Europe, and then Eastern Europe, and then everywhere because New America was you know it's capitalism and so uh, the promise of being yeah. able to build yourself. Right. It was yeah. It was right. the door. It was the gateway to a whole new world for people. But let's let's go through the list real quick of the things that we've experienced and explored right, in I'm New York City. Not just the neighborhoods. I mean, we haven't really explored too many neighborhoods. I just love Greenwich Village. So. Greenwich Village yeah. is gorgeous. But we've done two plays. We've done Ellis Island, Ellis Island Statue, Statue of, of Liberty. Liberty. We have... Um, I'm going through my phone to see. Like, obviously, we're in the Bronx. We Obviously, we've explored the Bronx. Uh, we have... Done um, a ghost oh, tour, but that was before we moved. Yeah, that was of Greenwich Village. Of Greenwich Village. We did Rockwood Music Hall twice. Saw, we saw concerts or shows. Mm-hmm. We have, what else? We've done something else kind of touristy. We walked around when we did, I took you to all the restaurants that were formed before 1960, Vintage New York. Yes, we did a Vintage New York Day. That was really cool. So we saw the first bar in New York City, which is McSorley's. McSorley's and it from has 1800s. not changed. It's awesome. So the inside, let me give you a little. If you haven't heard of it or you haven't been there, uh, you walk in. First thing you notice is the sawdust on the floor, and they put that down to absorb the beer that falls. The second yeah. thing you notice is the smell. It smells old, and it smells like stale beer, which most people don't like. I don't mind that smell. 
Um, and then you notice that everything looks as though it did when it was originally opened in, when was it opened? Like 1860, I think. 1860. And um, so that means the, the light fixtures, the bar itself, the tables, they're all hand-carved wooden tables. Uh, it's all small, close. You've got a couple chairs. You've got a bench. So you sit. You pretty much just sit down anywhere you can find room, and you're mostly sitting with strangers, which is really cool. There's no music playing. Uh, the no only, music, the no only, TV. There's no TV. Two options of beer. There's there's two options of beer. You get a light ale or a dark ale, which is the same recipe that they have been selling since it's open. I think there was one brief pause for that recipe because some the dumb some dumb called uh, uh, prohibition. Prohibition messed it up. <laughs> yes, they that put a little dent in their business, um, and then. What else? Oh, the only modern thing about the the bar itself is a um, what was that? I was I was trying to find sound effects of McSorley's, but I messed it up. Oh, they have a old payphone on one wall, but then they have so the walls are covered with articles, newspaper clippings, photographs. Um, so I guess that's kind of modern too. They have photographs of of patrons. That was the only over modern the years. one because they passed away. No, I think there was more. No, no, it's all old school shit. Oh. It's wooden uh, wooden tables. Wooden the tables are like wheel wells t- turned on their side basically. Yeah, basically. And they're cool. they're old, old. You can I mean, it's sticky. Like yeah. layers of of sticky beer. It's cool. Which you would think you'd be grossed out by, but you kind of just immerse yourself in the experience of being in a in a relic. Uh, which is cool. I really like that. I don't like beer, but I had the beer. is actually pretty tasty. Uh, good. And, and we had some food, which was... Let's good. talk about the, the plays we went to. Okay, so the first play was a Christmas gift from Jimmy's dad to me. And it was at the woman's... Uh, so it was a really, really small theater, woman's theater. It was called uh, Our Dear Dead Drug Lord. So if you plan on seeing it, we may spoil it uh, and or whatever, but... Basically, what it sums up to is about these high school girls who, in 2008, are like, you know, coming of age. And it's a kind of like how they just repeat their parents' politics and they're arguing and they're saying, you just say that because your father says that. And it's about Obama and McCain. And there's also like they're in a secret society and they're dealing with deaths in their family. And it's it, the first two acts were kind of sweet and wholesome and coming of age and dealing with dealing with tragedy at a young age and how like your your friends are are there for you. Third act goes fucking out of control. Katie and I have this point system when we see these plays. We start at five, starting points five. If Which we, I did not Katie didn't get the system get that at, all. at first. If you, Jimmy if, comes up with, if you poke, yeah. that means you're subtracting from five. If you, you squeeze the leg, that means you're adding. Yes. So as the play's going, we're like saying, okay, right now I think it's a seven. Squeeze, squeeze, that's six, seven. Poke, poke, that would be uh, four, but, three, and stuff like yeah, that. It starts yeah. at five. So we're, so we're, we're both at it, sevens. We're grading it pretty consistently throughout the first and second acts. You were both around six, seven, yeah. seven, eight. And then there was one point, there was one point in the, in the show where we were really liking it. Like, it was funny. The humor was on point. It was, it was, you know, it was good. We were enjoying ourselves. But mind you, this isn't a very, very small theater. There's probably about 40 
No, I'd say 100. No way there was 100 people. It was tiny. Well, I mean. Each row was only four people. No, I don't know. Our row had like six people, and there was three sections of our row and 10 deep. I mean, we would do the math, probably 100. Okay. Oh, God, I have no sense of. Okay, anyways, that's beside the point. Very, very small theater. You are very close to the stage. The stage is small. It's a set. Um, it's a what do they call that when the set doesn't change? There's a term for that. No idea. It all took place in a treehouse. It all take took place in a treehouse, and the cast is only four girls. Yeah, there's two others eventually, but oh, primarily the very only four end, girls. Yeah. So anyway, we're we're grading and we're, we're both high in it, and then there's this one line the lead delivers. And she delivered it, and it totally changes the vibe of the play. And she says she's going to kill one of the other girls, which doesn't comes out of nowhere. And Katie and I both just start poking, like, minus in points. Yes. Like, what the fuck? This isn't what we're watching. Then the third act, there's a, uh, an abortion performed, coat hanger abortion. There's blood everywhere. It forced. It, then, was, it was not. Then, it was very violent. And it major- was intense. It was intense. And then, See, the- and if that were happening on a huge stage in a you know grand auditorium uh, with thousands of people watching, I think the tension wouldn't be as no, thick. No, it's we still were fucking sitting, weird. I mean, it's in no, it's weird regardless. But I'm saying, like, we were in a small theater. You could feel everyone just tense up and and. That switch of like, what the fuck is happening? This is not what we signed up for. Yeah, and then and then the majority of the dialogue in the third act was in Spanish, so I just felt like they completely abandoned the tone of the show and well, I mean, the audience because I didn't, I don't understand Spanish. I know that's kind of on me. I'm a dummy. I should learn Spanish, but like, I couldn't understand what they were saying in the play that I paid to see, and that was, kind of felt like a bummer. It was supposed to be more, I guess, interactive because at the end they do give you a. Uh, translations. translations. Give them to me while, while it's, it's happening. happening. I'll follow along. I'll be fine with that. Give me the subtitles right then. I'll I do think it. they were assuming that most of the people that would be at. I don't know. Why? The whole thing's in English. Yeah, and, I don't know. That was weird too. And it turned from like there was, was no science fiction, no fantasy. And the whole act was in a different language. It's all science fiction type fantasy type stuff, bringing spiritual. people. They, spirit, they spiritual. Brought, That's the brought, word. Spiritual. They brought Escobar back from the Pablo dead. Escobar. Pablo Escobar back from and the And then dead. the sister. It, it's fucking, it was the worst third act after two good first and second yeah. acts. Yeah, it was, it was quite a shock. I think the abortion was probably the most. It was tough. Was and then the crazy thing is we past. were on the subway with the, the lead actress who performed the abortion, had red paint all over her face and hands, and then we're just casually riding the subway back to Harlem together. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's odd. Yeah. Second play we saw was Beetlejuice. We actually saw it last night. That was a much bigger production. Tons of people. Huge right, auditorium. Right in. Um, I felt like I stumbled into a cult. Yeah. Jimmy had never seen Beetlejuice the movie or probably any Tim Burton. Have you seen any Tim Burton movies? Probably Good, good not. question. Like Sleepy Hollow, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Um uh, I'm going to go to his IMDb. Day after Christmas or The Nightmare Before Christmas. I, like I know the name. There's got to be one that I've seen. Uh, zombie bride. Where's, uh, I'll look because uh, you're bride? you're striking zombie out. Bride. There's nothing there. I haven't seen any of those. He did a Batman. Oh, Edward Scissorhands. Edward Scissorhands. Yes, that's probably the most popular bat for our for our generation. I guess. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Seen that? That's a oh with Johnny Depp the new with one with Johnny Depp. I yeah. did not like that one at all. Yeah. I like everything else. I did not like that. Oh, they're making a Beetlejuice too. Are you excited about that? Seriously? Yeah. With who? 
Um, I don't know. He's announced to direct it. Fun. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I like Tim Burton. My dad kind of raised us on that genre of movie. I here. I saw the, the Legend audience, of Sleepy Hollow when I was seven years old or eight years old, and the audience that is of, not a children's movie. Oh yeah. Uh, I almost threw up. The audience of Beetlejuice it, love it. loved it. So like, I feel like I can't say anything because it wasn't made for me. Right. But I also think that it's a really easy task to make this Beetlejuice play because Beetlejuice literally just said, hi, and the audience laughed. Yes, it was like very... They, they were going to laugh at any joke. Yes. And let me tell you, yes, they did. some of the jokes were, were god-awful. At one point... Just, just cheap, like easy. Oh, so there easy. There's no... And also... I don't know who produced the play or who was the writer, the screenplay. I don't know, playwright. Play. The performances were, were, were good. Um, but, like, at one point, one of the actors said namaste to a guest that she just met, and the guest was, a, like, a dumb person, and she responded with um, Gesundheit? No, she said some... So she said tiramisu. Tiramisu. Which like that's that not was, a joke. Yeah, there's no, there's no. It did stray. It did stray a lot from the movie. They kept some like core themes. I think what they did m- that was most consistent with the movie was the props. There the, were that was really impressive. The props were all props that you would have seen in the movie. So like they had the art pieces from the house. They had the. If anyone who has seen the movie, if you remember, they had a tray at the dinner where they get possessed and they start singing. They had a tray of shrimp and the shrimp comes alive and it's like a hand grabbing someone. You know, they did that. They, all those little details, they got pretty, pretty dead on, um, which was impressive and cool and fun. They had this, the sand snake come out into stage and it was like a huge, huge prop. Uh, that was fun. That was cool to see. It was very. It's very, very much just f- for the fans of Beetle the movie, Juice. even yeah. though it wasn't consistent with the movie in the the storyline yeah, at it, all. Yeah, it felt a little pandering. All right, but I, I just didn't understand why the audience was so in love with that. I didn't realize Beetlejuice was like Rocky Horror Picture. Like, yeah, it's a people cult came classic. like dressed up. It was yeah. like its own little society. And I think it also helps that Beetlejuice came out what in nineteen ninety eight. 88. 88. Oh, wow. Really? Mm-hmm. I guess, yeah, Winona Ryder was really young in that. Um, she was five. So it's... No, she was not five. Okay, a little older. She was probably like 18 or 19. Um, there, yeah. Yeah, so it came out a long time ago, and people who've, who've been watching it, like my dad showed it to us. We would watch it all the time. That was one of our favorite movies to watch. I think it's kind of like cool to have that resurgence of excitement for a movie, especially a movie that is more for the... 88 minus 71. 17? 88 minus 71? 17. Yeah. That's how old Winona Ryder was. 88 minus 71, yes. I was uh, all over it. Yeah. I got it. Yeah, 17. Oh, she's in a movie, co- she's in a TV show, TV series coming up called The Plot Against America. Oh. Characters live in an alternative universe in which Franklin Delano Roosevelt was defeated in the U.S. presidential election of 1940 by Charles Lindbergh. Hmm. Interesting. What's that? Uh, on? It's A and E, so oh, don't get too excited not. about that. So yes, we saw Beetlejuice. I loved it. I mean, I liked it. Um, it was entertaining. It, it, but I can see why Jimmy didn't like it as much. I just no, 
I was just out of my element. Like yes. I, I just felt yes. like a stranger going to a costume party who wasn't invited to dress right. up. And I was like, oh my God, you guys are really into this. Like yeah. I, I should have prepped. Yeah, it definitely caters to a certain group of so it's the like biggest like applause and laughs I've got for Tim things. Burton, like yeah. weirdos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah cool. No, but it was cool. It was fun. Right. Uh, some of the jokes were like, some of the jokes got me. One got me. I laughed once. Yeah, Jimmy laughed once. You had a half laugh, a second half laugh at one point. So one and a half. But also the, thi- the so Jimmy has. I'm sure a lot of you know this. If you follow his other channels or you follow him in general, he has this big. Um, connection to not connection to death how, what, how do i describe it you have fear it's it's not just a fear though like if something about death really just yeah, does not sit well with jimmy he has no uh coping mechanisms for even just the thought of death yes i don't like it he doesn't like death no one likes death jimmy but like you can you just can't handle it no it so sends me down a spiral of inner thoughts down, that i can't like this come really back intense from inner turmoil i'm going to do it now yeah. it sucks sorry sorry we can move past this but the beginning the first number of the play was this is a show about death and they just kept repeating this is a show about death and kept talking about ways people die every day and like just everything that Jimmy does not want to talk about. <laughs> so I kept looking at Jimmy thinking, oh, shit, this is the wrong, wrong play to bring Jimmy to. Not even just because he hasn't seen the movie, but, like, they're literally spelling it out for you. This whole show's about death. It came out to be a lot light, a lot more lighthearted than they started it off. But, but I just kept thinking, like, Jimmy's going to have a panic attack. Like, something, you know, we're going to have to rush out of this theater. Jimmy's not going to enjoy this. He's not going to sleep tonight. But it ended up being fine. Yeah, I didn't I didn't like that first act. That first act was was rough. Yeah. Um so we saw Beetlejuice. That was fun. We saw a couple shows, which I think did, we must have had, No, we didn't do it just talking. No. You mean like musical shows? No, no, no. Concerts. Small concerts. That's music. Oh, you said musical show. Oh, we saw our buddy Dan Zlotnick, and we saw yes. uh, Jeffrey Martin, who we played on here a couple times. Yes. He's so good. And he was wonderful. I think I and, took and notes from his show. His show was booked. It was, I mean, sold out. It was full. I mean, it's a very small tiny room. Theater. Tiny, very intimate theater. But he's also a very intimate performer. I wouldn't want to see him in any other kind of closes, setting. Closes his eyes. He closes. A lot of artists do that. But he he filled that room up. With his voice and with his soul. I know that sounds cheesy, but he really did. And everyone that was there knew, like, you knew they knew who he was because they were requesting songs and they were singing along, you know, kind of not singing along because that would be yeah. inappropriate in such a small setting. But they, you knew that they were fans, yeah. which was cool to yes, see. For it wasn't and just, they sent, yeah. yeah. And it was, very, I mean, his music is very emotional. And the one request that he played. At the for his closing song was so depressing. <laughs> Which one was it? Um, it was the it was the one about um, William Burroughs. Was it? Yeah, I think so. Shot his lover dead. Yes, yes. It's a good song. A great song. All of his music's great. Um, that was that was cool. I like that. He had a he had a quote that I liked where he was talking about how he stayed with this activist in Europe, like this woman that was super activist and. 
she had this underground texting setting, like, hey, the police are coming when they were, like, you know, protesting, and then she would send it to, like, 50 people, and then they were all instructed to send it to their web, and so everyone would get it right away, like, hey, move four blocks out, they're coming. Right. And he said, he's, he's like, he's quiet, he doesn't really care about, it kind of was, like, speaking to me, like, a do- like, I'd love for the world to be a better place, but, like, I'm just too, like, it's so daunting of a task, how do you do it? And her response was, help out your three blocks. If you help out the people that live three blocks around your house and everyone else starts spreading that message, you know, slowly you get covered. Like don't, don't, yeah. don't fix the world, fix your neighborhood. Right. Or just, or people, not even just, fix, just, just help. And I thought that, I thought that was cool. I like to think that I, uh, every day, I cho- you know, I choose a moment to just be mindful of the people around me. Like I, I You're hold too doors nice. open. Jimmy says I'm too nice and that that will fade yeah, it'll by fade. living in New York Some City. Some of the things will fade. But I, I don't think so because that's something I've grown up consciously thinking about. Like, I know I'm not going to do big things. I know I'm not going to change the world. But if I can leave my house today and make, you know, a handful of people smile or be gracious for some stranger doing, you know, one act of kindness, then I've done my job. I've done what I could, the bare minimum. Yeah. Well. And I think in a lot of ways that kind of, that I hope that that, gets passed down from person to person, you know? I yeah. hope anyways. It'll happen. I hope yeah. so. All right, let's move on to do I have the sound effect for this? I don't even know if I do. Um uh, I don't think I Wait, do. we didn't talk about all the other places that we went to on our vintage. Well we don't have I to know, go into but detail we're running we're, on. we're forty minutes in. We got Oh geez. Okay, yeah. All right, you're right. So a lot of, a lot of rambling's been done. Sorry. Well, it's been a long time since we've done this podcast. We got to keep everyone up to date. I don't have the official indulgence thing, but we can just. Before you disperse, I would beg your indulgence for a moment. Indulgences. Indulgences. It's been a lot. What have you been listening to and reading and keep it very tight? I'll keep it very short. I've been listening a lot to Dak Shepard's uh, Armchair Expert. I didn't like it at first. Because I thought it was over self-indulgent to Dax. I thought he just talked about himself and it was really just a platform for him to... I think we even talked about on that on, this, on yes, here so long ago when we first listened and to it. And I gave it another chance recently because he had a guest I wanted to listen to. Um, and I love it now. He's he's evolved a lot in his podcast. And his guests are very interesting to me. So I, I love it. I listen to it every day. I've been playing catch up. And then um, secondly, I'm reading... Ray Bradbury's uh, Something Evil Comes This Way, which is a boyhood tale of horror. Ooh, that's it's, scary. Yeah. Right. And it's great. I love it. It's also a classic, so it's hard not to love. I got to start a new book soon. Uh, we're going to Savannah next week, so I was reading Savannah stuff, the book that you got me. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to finish it in time before we go, so I'm just going to watch the movie. And I read... Yeah. Jimmy uh, also doesn't like it. Well... It's uh, it's not a novel. It's, it's a collection of short stories, and I don't. When I read collections of short stories, I don't read the whole thing in one sitting because it's like right. It need a. I need. I'm a hundred pages in there, and uh, a plot. No a plot hasn't started. So it's just yeah. uh, vignettes of people in Savannah, which is cool. Like it, they're done really well. They're right. really interesting. But I'm like, come on, I need something to like grip me, and it right. hasn't happened yet. So that's so I'm just gonna watch the movie instead. I have a feeling you're not going to like the movie either, but... I Why think not? The movie might be pretty dated. 
Why aren't I going to like the movie? I don't know. I haven't seen it, but I just think that it's... You've never seen the movie? No. Oh, that makes me more excited to watch it. It's... What are we talking about? It's uh, Midnight in... The Garden of Good and Evil. Yeah. Yes. Exciting. It is exciting. I liked it. I liked the vignettes. I liked the storytelling of each individual person he met because it was his experience living in a new place, and that, to me, is very exciting and always has been, so... Yeah, and then... What have I been watching? Like a lot of Ken Burns. Which I'm watching. <laughs> what's the show I'm watching right now on Netflix? Messiah. Messiah. I don't know if I like it or not, but I'm watching it. And I, I'll tune in every once in a while because he watches it while I try to read uh, before bed. And it seems interesting. Yeah. I've been actually like listening. I'm I'm not uh, handcuffed to Phoebe Bridgers anymore with music. I've been listening to yeah. other artists. Yeah. I mean, still the same artist, like the same kind of revolving door of artists that you've always listened to but no there's new ones like a lot who? a lot of new well, well I, don't, I guess the high women the high mm-hmm. women uh yeah talking folk uh or other music podcasts just did something on them I'm trying to find out because there's an artist Good job, nick that was a great great episode i still have, I actually have to finish the second wow so great half, half episode is great what you meant half to say. Ap- episode yeah, yeah well, i'm really gonna try it. i'm trying to find a song for the end of this podcast but I'm going to have to scroll a lot. So let's pivot. And then, because there's a new band that I found some songs that I like. And I think I'm actually going to record my own Talking Folk about them. But I'll play the song as the outro here. Then if you want to hear my thoughts on it, you can go to Talking Folk eventually. Are you still still on Talking Folk with Nick? I'm going to help out. Like I want him to come here next in February, second week of February, to record some together. Yeah, I love that. And have him see the studio. But also, I think... I'm just going to do some solo ones so he can back in them. If he wants to use them, he can and not if he can. Cool. Um, yeah, yeah, Nick is very, very, he's a natural. He's very good at talking folk. Yeah, we want to we want to try and grow it so we have, like, ideas of how to, uh, different ways to go about it. Because right now, if you never listen to the, our music podcast, we change the name from Talking Songs to Talking Folk, and it's one band, two songs, and kind of, like, we go through the lyrics and the storytelling that they are doing. Uh and that's cool. Found it. But uh, we might do like, you know, album reviews, reactions, stuff like that. Let's move on to Katie's Happy Headlines. If you're just tuning in for the first time, uh, this is a segment where I attempt to read headlines and headlines only. I'm a terrible reader, so... It's always fun to listen to me stumble through. They also write headlines stupidly sometimes. That's true. It's not the best grammar. Okay, what do we got? So first on Happy Headlines, we have Nebraska doctor lets patients pay for surgery by volunteering. They volunteer? In the operation. Just kidding. They pay for surgery, but they volunteer to get surgery on? Let me remind you, Jimmy, this is headlines only, but I did do some research on this one. I did read the article. Um, He actually, I thought, I assumed that he would have them volunteer in the hospital and like take a shift cleaning or whatever but he actually which is better he just has them go out into their community and volunteer at shelters or like soup kitchens like so if you're a good citizen and you're giving back to your community he'll perform surgery on you for free no no like he'll perform the surgery and then he'll calculate like how many hours you need to volunteer and like he'll help you find somewhere to go volunteer and that'll be your payment it's I think it's lovely. I think it's great. Okay. And I think that kind of brings us back to our roots as, you know, civilization. Yeah. All right. Second on our happy headlines is 
Scotland is on track to hit 100% renewable energy this year. So just in time for them to host the, um, the summit. What is it? The Sounds good. Earth, Earth Summit. Good job, Scotland. Yeah. Great, great job. So I know this is straying from headlines only, but they completely kicked coal use and they use wind turbines to power every home in the nation and some in North England, which is really cool. They're doing their part. Happy for them. Why can't we be like them? Because they're tiny. And I know, okay. I know, but still, it's pretty impressive. Also, we have Germany is turning 62 military bases into wildlife sanctuaries. That's cool. They that's probably great. have like so many military bases. I mean, they've been in wars a lot. Yeah. So that's a lot of them. I wonder if, if the issue was like their historic sites, you know, because so much military history happens, but right. they have so many. Yeah. Make some into something else. Yeah. Cool. Prisoners taught coding so they can get jobs once released. That's cool. I mean, yeah. Did you know that prisons house more than two million people in America today? Yeah, it's a very perf- for-profit business. Right. I know that this is happy headlines, but it's very—it's uh, a bad system. Crazy. It's yeah. a lot. Make a lot of money off criminals. It's horrible. Uh, fifth, we have <clears throat> Madagascar is planting sixty million trees, and in <laughs> here we go. Made it to the fifth one without stuttering. But Madagascar is planting 60 million trees in an ambitious drive inspired by its president. Cool. Good job, Madagascar. Yeah. A 96-year-old man. Nope. Try this again. 96-year-old ham radio operator makes an out-of-this-world connection. Headline only. You don't need to know more. But you do know that the Ham ham radio operator is a woman. So no, a 96-year-old he woman. made a radio out of she. ham? He, she made a radio out of ham? You're getting hot, huh? You're getting like little hives. No, I'm not. Um, it, yes, Jimmy, it's a radio made out of ham. You said ham radio. What? Yeah, it's a ham radio. It's like a... Um, it's, That's so cool to me. That's so it's happy. It's like a radio station. I didn't know it's you like could... A, it's a... What do they call? I didn't know you could make radios out of ham, and that is happy headline. Jimmy, okay, what no. next? That was it. That was my happy headline. Oh, okay. <laughs> Great. Happy headlines. Yes. Hi, Katie Newer. Good job. All right. I found a little song I'm going to play at the end here. Um, I actually don't really know what this one is. I know that I sent it to Nick and said, hey, I like this one. Let's put it on our playlist of our to-do list. Well, then you shouldn't use it on this podcast. I'm going to do an episode on it. So if you want to hear my full thoughts, it's just the outro song. If you want to hear my full thoughts, go listen to the episode. Uh. It's uh, Don't Need to Know by Arlo McKinley. You have to listen to the first couple and tell me what you think. And thank you guys very much. I don't know when we'll be back, but thanks for listening.